After spending uh, that time with the Lord, really focusing on him, I can tell you that I have arrived. I have arrived. I, I have I'm such a place spiritually I, that I have arrived to that, that, I, that I know for sure now that I haven't arrived. Um, in addition to reaffirming his love for me, um, the Lord also showed me some things uh, in my life that I hope to pass on to you this morning. So I want to do that. Uh, one thing that I saw clearly uh, that the Lord opened up my heart and showed me is that I have really not done a good job at keeping a regular Sabbath. Something that really came home to me a couple of weeks ago when I preached on it. You know, the preacher preaches to, to himself first. And that really hit home with me. Have I been taking the time to unplug? Have I been taking the time to focus in on the Lord? Uh, and just, and just, just come before the Lord, not, not interceding for somebody's need, not, not looking to the Lord for material for sermons and Bible studies. Just spending time in his presence, reflecting on who he is, reflecting on the awesome things that he's done in my life and what he's brought me through, and just just worshiping him like we sang about this morning. I almost had to relearn how to do that. Just, just get, just, don't have to do anything. Don't have to be there. Just in soaking in the presence, the loving affirming presence of God. We need that. You know, Jesus said the Sabbath is made for man. Right? We need time to unplug. We need time to get quiet. We need time to reflect on who he is and because of that, who we are as his children. For our spiritual health, for our mental health, even our physical health. I've, I've had a couple of people say, you know, you've really been sick a lot this year. Well, not taking that Sabbath time uh, has done a job on my immune system, apparently. Uh, took My mental health took a hit uh, in all of that. So God says you need, to, you need to start prioritizing things a little bit. But you know... You and I live in such a fast-paced culture, don't we? With phones attached to us, um, so much information that's coming at us all the time, and information that we're going after all the time, right? We're either It's either coming at us or we're looking stuff up because we have all this stuff at our fingertips, that we can just about fill every waking moment with stuff. Anybody like me, you find yourself... You know, even if you're watching TV or some commercial comes on, you pick up your phone and you say, oh, I could do this. Well, I don't want to listen to that. You know, just, you just can't pause and be quiet for a minute, right? It, it, it gets to a place where you just can't sit still and just think or pray. There's a novel idea. Or enjoy a sunset. You know, nowadays we see a beautiful sunset. What do we do? We whip out our phones and we're taking six pictures of it and then we're posting it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and then we're scrolling around to see what everybody else is doing instead of just just drinking in that sunset and going, wow, God, you're awesome. 
you know, maybe offering a, uh, some worship to him for, for his wonder of creation and the, what we get to enjoy, right? We can, we got to do this, we got to do this. Even TV. You know, we, we talk about vegging in front of the TV. Are we really vegging? No, our brains are still being engaged in what we're seeing. We're, we're you know, following the characters or we're watching people. Was, I just heard something the other day. Uh, the majority of TV centers around murder. Did you know that? You think of all the cop shows that are on, right, that make up the majority of television watching. There's, there's murder involved in it. And we're, we're just feeding on that stuff, um, Way, way too much. So our, our, our bodies or our minds are, are continually processing information. We, we're not getting quiet. Our bodies, many of us aren't getting enough sleep. We caffeinate ourselves to, you know, to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Go, 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 do, 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 right? And some of you guys with younger kids uh, and grandkids, we want to give them all these opportunities. So we're 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 running full bore. It's it's Monday night soccer and Tuesday night band and Wednesday night scouting and Thursday night gymnastics and we're just going here there and not only are are we running our our fool heads off and then we're teaching our children the next generation and the one after that run your fool head off. That's what life's all about, right? And how many of those things are now on Sundays? So the important spiritual uplift is taken away. Then add to those things, personal stress, school, work, relationships, finances, health issues, the economy, right? Who, who was it years ago that coined the phrase, stop the world, I want to get off? Right? You ever feel like that? Ah, Frank Powell uh, wrote an article in churchleader.com called The Seven Consequences of a Hurried Life. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these. I just thought these were kind of interesting. The Seven Consequences of a Hurried Life. Number one, destroys our relationship with God. Relationships need quality time, don't they? All of them. So it destroys our relationship with God. No time. Uh, number two, it feeds approval addiction. Right? We're always doing. We're always performing. Right? Always have to... To even our Facebook posts, you know, we got to look a certain way to everybody else. We need approval, 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 which is not healthy. Number three, decreases our capacity to love others. Don't have time, especially to listen, right? Big part of loving is listening. Number four, increases the power of temptation. When you and I are harried, when we're stressed, we're drawn to instant gratification, aren't we? Yeah. Number five, it numbs us to injustices that break God's heart. Okay, again, watching murders all the time, over and over and over again. Um, things like the earthquake. You know, we, we, we may hear about that and it's like, oh, yeah, I see that. And, oh, that's horrible. Now we got this to do and that to do and the other thing to do and we're just... We're not really having time to care about things. Number six, it increases narrow-mindedness and legalism. Again, without, without time to really consider someone else's opinion, their point of view, whatever. This is the way it is, and that's just the way, you know, 
That's all there is to it, my way or the highway. And number seven, it clouds our purpose and diminishes our passion. It clouds our purpose, diminishes our passion. We're just, oh, just go, 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 go. What is our main purpose? I don't know. I got this to do and that to do and the other thing. You know, can't really put a lot of passion into anything because we're just so stretched so thin. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? Okay, I got some, got some head nods. So what can we do? What can we do? I want to share a verse with you this morning, something that I personally am working through. It comes from Psalm chapter 50, and verse 23, and it says this, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Hey, let's unpack that this morning. The one who offers thanksgiving as his offering glorifies me. Again, when you and I take the time to reflect, take the time to think about who God is, what he's already done for us, through Christ, unworthy that we are, right? The forgiveness of our sins, the adopting of us as his beloved children, recounting the faithfulness that he's shown in our lives, especially during a time of crisis. You see that in the scriptures, you see it in the Psalms, you see it in the life of David, uh, recounting, you're in just a tough spot, recounting Wait a minute, God's been there for us here. He was there for us here. We didn't know what we were going to do there. And here's how God came through, right? Reflecting on those things. The answered prayer that he's shown us. The the hard and scary things that he has walked us through and gotten us to the other side. And the promises. You know, looking at the promises of how God is going to be there for us in the future. Those are the, it's it's like hitting the reset button. You know, we get into the presence of God. It's like, wait a minute, I got this and this and this and this pressure and I don't know what I'm going to do. Whoa, wait a minute. God is on the throne, right? And it's not just saying that. You know, we, we have these wonderful trite phrases as Christians. Let go and let God, you know. But it's not just a little phrase. It's not just reading a scripture, you know, 10 minutes in the morning, and that's going to fix everything. No, we gotta, we we got to actually be in the presence of God where he can take that scripture and make it alive to our hearts. Right? You ever, you ever hear the voice of God in the, in the scriptures? It's it just, it's, it, it's totally different. I, I can read it, I can, I can say in my mind, this is right, or whatever, someone else can share that with me. But when you're in the presence of the God and, and the Holy Spirit speaks that to your heart, everything changes. The situation doesn't change, but my heart changes in his presence. But we have to take that time to be with him and reflect on who he is. When we look at what we have, truly, compared to the rest of the world here in America, right? Who appreciates running water? Right? Heated homes? A grocery store right down the street? Right? The people in our lives? 
being able to go to sleep at night without worrying about bombs falling, being able to go to church without fear that some group is going to storm in and violently close us down. These are things that other people in the world are facing on a regular basis, right? When we really count our blessings and name them one by one, right, and give thanks to God, it glorifies Him, doesn't it? But it also does something in us, right? Yeah. It helps us to be more humble, helps us to be more thankful, helps us to be more contented, helps us to be more confident in the future of who God is. So he who offers thanksgiving as their offering glorifies me. And this next part, to one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. First of all, we're not talking salvation as in getting saved through the cross of Jesus Christ. We're talking about the power of God working in our lives day in and day out. How does that come? The one who orders his way rightly. Now, if you mark your Bible or you're taking notes, circle that word orders. It's the Hebrew word sum. Uh, it, it can also mean to put, set, make, appoint, or consider. It's the idea here of rightly prioritizing our lives. Putting things in the right order. Considering what is truly important and making those things a priority. I was not, for example, prioritizing the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. You know, I'll get to it. And it was negatively affecting me. Um, it, it, it's kind of like they tell you on an airplane. You know, put, put your own oxygen mask on before you help someone. Because if you're passed out, you can't help anybody, right? There, there, we need to prioritize things that make us healthy so that we can be in a place to minister to other people, right? To love others. If we're not healthy, we can't do that. If we're running constantly and we're stressed and we're the, we're not going to be of any help to anybody. All right? So this is one of those things that I'm working through getting myself in a place to be healthy. And this is one of those things that as my good brother Mike who I quote a lot would say, you know, we we could we could all get this right on the test. If if I gave you a sheet of paper, and I said, okay, according to God, okay, let's, let's preface that. According to God, what should be the priorities of your life? We could, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. You know, we could, we could all get it right. We, if, if I put this out as a test and said, according to God, what's, what should be priority in your life? We'd all get it right, wouldn't we? We'd, we'd all pass with flying colors because we know. But what if I said, okay, let's make this a two-column sheet, and let's make this column how I really live. And let's number one, two, three, four, five, six. Can I imagine that maybe you might be like me, and column two does not necessarily match column one all that well? Sometimes? Huh. To him who orders his way or her way right, will I show the salvation 
of God. You see what we're going here? When this column matches this column, we're going to see God's power and His grace and His blessing working in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Or to put it another way, Galatians 6 verse 7 says this, Do not be deceived. This is New Testament now. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Any, any farmers in the group? You, 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 you sow apples, you're not going to get grapes, right? For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Again, the life he's talking about is, is, is life in harmony with God. Okay? Beginning with faith in Jesus Christ, of course, but then sowing to the Spirit. Sowing to the Spirit. Giving ourselves, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. What did, what did we just pray this morning? And we pray it Sunday mornings, you know, over and over and over and over again. Maybe some of you pray it during the week. Thy will be done on earth, that's here, as it is in heaven. Right? Lord, I want to follow your way, not my way. Because it's his way that brings the blessing. Right? So it's a life in harmony with God, ordering our ways to line up with his priorities. And so then reaping the fruit of that. A life marked by the presence, the power, and the blessing of God. Listen, you, you and I all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? The same 1,440 minutes every day to spend. If our priorities are out of order our lives are going to be out of order. If you and I reject the wisdom that God has given us, right? He's given us His Word. He's given us His Holy Spirit to guide us. If we say, no, I want to do it this way, or no, I can't do that now, God. i got to go here and here and do this and this and this and this. Then why do we get upset when everything falls apart? God, why are you letting this happen to me? Well, I, I, I gave you the, 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 the rules. I, you know, I, I told you what to do. I told you how to live. I gave you my spirit to guide you, to nudge you, and you're saying, no, I'm going to do it this way over here, and now everything's falling apart. Or, or we say, well, God, why don't you just wave your hand and fix everything? Right? Galatians says that that's not going to happen. God is not mocked. God is not going to say, here's all my wisdom and my grace for you, and you don't do it, and I'm just going to fix it. What's that going to accomplish? And we're just going to keep doing it our way over and over and over and over and over again, right? Yeah. To one who orders his or her way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Are things a mess now or... Maybe heading in that direction, stressed, worried, whatever, you know, going on. Could it be that you, like me, need to go through and make column two, match column one in life to hit that, 
that reset button and say, wait a minute. God loves me. And he's, and he's told me how to live to get his blessing in my life. And I just, I need to reset some things. I need to reset some priorities to match up with it. Not because I have to, not because God is demanding my obedience, but because he's given me lovingly the way to go, the things to do, what to prioritize so that we can maximize the blessing and the presence and power of God in our lives. Amen? God says if we order our way right, we're going to experience that fruit in our lives. I'm doing it. How about you? Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you. Once again, for your goodness to us, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, that you care enough about us to teach us, to train us, to to help us to know your ways so that we can line our lives up with you and experience your blessing. So help us, Lord. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to get with you and to change some things around so that we can begin to experience that fruit of yours. We give you thanks, and we give you praise. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to share a, a quick song with you this morning. Again, this is something that I needed to do uh, to re teach myself even this week Um, might be a familiar song I I had Kelly play it this morning so you, you might recognize the tune a little bit it's called times of refreshing the Bible talks about times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord not I have to do my devotions today because God demands it no times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord listen to these words join in Put your heart into it this morning. Times of refreshing here in your presence. No greater blessing than being with you. My soul is restored. My mind
Just resting in his presence. Just feeling his love. Just feeling that affirmation that everything's going to be okay. I've got you. You're mine. We need that. But it takes intentionally taking that time to be with him. Amen.